0: Welcome to Leadership Talk, the official Waymaker podcast, where we explore how your organization can achieve more by doing less. Welcome to Leadership Talk, the official Waymaker podcast. I'm your host, Craig Hindman, and with me, as always, is CEO and founder of Waymaker, Stuart Leo. Stu, how are you? Uh,
1: I'm great, Craig. I'm, I'm really good, actually. Um, we've, we've come out of our, our lockdowns and our shutdowns, and uh, we're, we're back at work. It's exciting.
0: That's awesome. I've just come away from a five-day photography tour in the Flinders Ranges in South Australia, which was fascinating.
1: That is um, beautiful.
0: It was really good. Hey, Stu, off-air, we've been talking about solving, you know, uh, business business problems and organizational structures and all the rest mm-hmm. of it. And last episode, we talked about the difference between uh, we were talking about culture and we were talking about the difference between values, principles, and behaviors. Mm-hmm, that's um, right. It, in terms of uh, culture, but we wanted to continue to talk about uh, culture in this episode because I guess, Stu, the biggest question is like, you know, how do we actually build it? Like, where do we even start <laughs> that's in right. building culture? So yeah. we thought we'd talk about that in this episode.
1: That's right, because um, that's the helpful practical piece and, and you're right, last episode we talked uh, values, principles, behaviours and, and as a recap, a value is something like honesty, trust, excellence, um, uh, a principle is turning that value into um, s- something more like a rule or a guideline that frames and sets up behaviours. So, mm-hmm. truth being the value, um, the principle is we always tell the truth. The behaviour is I told the truth. Yeah, you know, that's that's. And why do we do that? Because um, it helps us frame and shape um, culture, which um, is really the way we do things, um, and that's behaviours. Um, do we have consistent behaviours around uh, the way we do things? And so values, principles, behaviours starts to shape culture. Um, but how do you really then as a leader get your hands around it, um, understand it? Um, maybe today where is it sitting objectively and where do you yeah. want to be into the future? And and that actually um, most people don't know how to do. Um, most people have had the values conversation. Oh, we've whacked some values on the wall and aren't we great because we – we have respect and integrity and trust and blah, blah, blah. But why hasn't our culture changed? And yep. that's what we want to talk about today. How do you put rubber on the road?
0: I remember, like, it's, culture is so frustrating because it takes so long. Um, that would be I a frustrating a, culture. <laughs> I, I, I hope you've got a magic bullet for it. But I actually remember a thought leader once saying that um, you don't teach culture, you be culture. Mm. Discuss. Discuss. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. I mean, cu- culture is the way we do things around here. That's that that really common um, terminology. But And culture is built off our behaviours. Um, and um, we're going to go a little bit deeper into those behaviours or the things we do <clears throat> because you, you can't mandate culture. You can't – it's not culture when you mandate it. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's policy. Um, uh-huh. And policy only lasts as long as you can enforce the policy. Mm. It's, and, and at some point, um, you, you end up um, in totalitarian, authoritarian <laughs> uh, regimes. You, you, you start shooting people to make people do things um, in, in organisations. At some point, you've got to stop whacking people um, with yeah. policy and start leading people um, by setting examples, by demonstrating how. Um, and, and so great leadership, um, yes, is supported with policy that clarifies, that articulates, that puts a strong foundations underneath, Hmm. but uh, nobody ever remembers a 52 page policy on how to do something. Um, they learn how to do it. It becomes a part of who they are and then they do it. And so that's what we've got to focus on. How do we... How do we build that DNA inside our our culture? And that comes from example. That comes from being. That comes from showing, from Mm. teaching, from building processes, from guiding people, from helping them, from correcting them. um, Actually calling people out on you've not done that right. Here's the right way to do it. Um, And so often in culture um, we forget that – the process of cultural alignment is actually a process of discernment and discipline to create the right processes and behaviours and mm. and teach people how to do it well.
0: Um, and then, dare I say, modelling that. Of course. Then, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. And, and if you can't model it as the leader, then <clears throat> it'll never be the culture because they'll just model you and yeah. they won't believe what you say. They'll only believe what you do and say. And uh, <clears throat> you,
0: you start hearing the language uh, around, the, around the office and around the organisation as well, like that's not who we are or this is who we are. Mm. Like it's, it's more of a, um, yeah, not just not, not just that's not what we do, but it's more like that's not who we are.
1: Correct. Right. Yeah. And that's the shift. You know you're building culture when you know that you're building behaviours on clarity of who we are, not mm. what we do. Yep. And and that's the difference. And that's why in our, um, in our leadership framework, the Waymaker Leadership um, Curve, um, identity is the very first big chunk of thinking because it's in figuring out who we are in the marketplace, uh, in the community, that we begin to frame how we will then act. And um, who we are encompasses all the things of finding fit, Um, do we have a product or a service that fits do customers want it are we really solving a problem out there in the community Um, and it also includes the elements of well who are we Um, we we solve this problem but who are we as we solve this problem and many different organisations solve the same problem in the marketplace but they do it in different ways um, as different characters and that's not a bad thing because not everybody wants to have the same problem solved by the same group of people. So figuring out who you are as an organisation is that character and and you'll hear us talk um, around brand and reputation and culture and and just simply that um, culture is the internal character of the organisation, reputation is the external representation of that and the organisation's brand is their character. Mm. And and so character... um, is the very heart. And and when I use the term identity, I'm I'm referring to character really. Um, Who are we? What do we stand for? Why are we here? And when we know that, that shapes our behaviours. And um, if we are um, split personalities, split identities, split characters, then we will by nature do things differently across the organisation that conflicts and that will create conflict. Um, and the organisation will suffer internally. It'll be toxic because it doesn't know who it is, and, and it'll, have, it'll need a vaccine, to use a word of the moment. Um, it'll need something that removes that toxicity from the bloodstream uh, of the organisation um, to bring order back into, into consistency of character.
0: So, Stu, where do we, where do we start to actually build culture or transform it, there would there would actually be two types of organizations, maybe that might be in our view here. Ones like existing organizations that maybe have an unhealthy culture, and we want to help them shape it in a different way. And then there's the far easier <laughs> in, in in quotation marks um, a process of actually starting something from scratch, right? And going, okay, well, if we had a blank canvas, this
1: how would we, we build would
0: it? Yeah, this is what we <laughs> would do. So with those two, I, with those two. Um, you know, thoughts in mind. Where do we start?
1: Yeah, the the, the biggest problem, um, certainly, I've found, and, and we've found as um, uh, as as waymaker, um, is that we we tend to know kind of what we want as leaders. Yeah. Um, we want people to enjoy coming to work. We want we want it to be fulfilling. We want them to enjoy their work. We want them to have have some fun at work and. Um, we want them to learn and grow. And, you know, there's a lot of good things we can typically describe about the kinds of culture we want. But what we often struggle to do is objectify that, to, to make it concrete. Um, mm-hmm. and, and therefore we struggle to go, well, because I can't make something that's fairly abstract, because I can't make that abstract thing concrete, I can never really get a bearing on where we are today and the gap between where we need to be tomorrow. And Mm. it's a bit like sailing a boat. Um, When you've lost your electronic GPS and you can't see the sun or the stars, you can't really go – I don't really know where I am. I don't have longitude and latitude. And because I don't know where I am, I actually can't plot a course to my ideal destination. So I think I'll have a crack. Maybe I'll go this way. Um, And and that's – That's the pain. That's the problem. Um, What we're going to talk to now is how do we get that first bearing? How can we create an objective lens around our culture? Um, And so um, we have a really simple framework in the Waymaker Toolkit, uh, which is in Waymaker Academy under Culture Shapers. And the first part of this is the lens to bring an objectivity to the subjective, to the abstract. And we dissect a culture through um, four lenses. And those four lenses are um, language. Stories. Stories. Symbols. Symbols, that's right. And currency. Currency. Thank you. I was, uh, um, they were there. Just had to get them out. So uh, let me say that again. Language. Symbols stories, and currency. Yeah. And if you use that filter, that framework, which we're going to go into and and dissect, you can actually start to objectify the, the, the culture. You can put stuff that's going on into buckets, into boxes, and you can work on them. And then you can step back and you can do the classic retrospective questioning process of what should we stop? Yeah. What should we start and what should we continue? Mm -hmm. And now, if you've answered those questions, you can start setting some goals. You can actually go, we should stop doing this. We've got a goal to stop doing something. That's Mm -hmm. unusual, a goal to stop doing something. Um, We've got some goals to start doing some things and we've got some goals to grow and continue some things. And now we can start to put some objectivity, some focus through goal setting into our culture. Is that making sense?
0: Yeah, it is. So so let's start with language then. Like if we're, <laughs> yeah. we're going to begin to dissect, let's, let's start with language.
1: Great. Um, I Often, um, because many of our listeners um, will have not lived through the same organisations that, say, you or I have lived through and mm. we haven't lived through the same organisations, it's sometimes hard to do this at an organisation level. So um, let's elevate that up um, to a country level. I find this is often. Oh, great! Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, love it. This is this is uh, a bit easier and a bit of fun. All right. Good. So, if we're going to dissect a culture, the way we do things around here, and if we put that country or national lens around this, and we suddenly go oh, language, um, the way <laughs> we're Australians, <laughs> mm-hmm. the way Australians speak is definitely not the Queen's English. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a form of English, but it's not English um the english <laughs> the, yeah. the, the would would look at us and and go oh yeah those those convicts down under um <laughs> they they don't speak properly um and we don't we we have 200 years of culture that has yeah. shaped the english language we we say good day um yeah. which is the shortened good day sir um from the english uh we we, we say, how you going? Um, and how are you going? <laughs> which is, how are you going? How are you going? That's four yeah. words with no spacing, <laughs> with no breath. Four yeah. words turned into one. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we have these phrases and, and language. We, we, we use language in a way that's different from other cultures, even though it might be on the same construct. And in that language, we convey meaning. Um, And organisations do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, The bigger the organisation gets, the more complex their language actually gets. I've, as an external, sometimes come into an organisation and you sit with the leadership team and two minutes in as they're giving an update on what's going around the business, you're like, I have no idea what anybody just said. I've just counted 15 three-letter acronyms You're talking in a language and in a way that is entirely foreign to an outsider, Mm. but you're using words from the English language. Mm. And um, so language can be a barrier um, to either building good communication or enhancing good communication. Mm -hmm. And the way we speak can be one of the ways we look at how we build culture. And Great. so does that make sense? Are we starting yeah. to so you could look at your organization, uh, an organization of three people, ten people or three thousand people? <clears throat> and I, I, I challenge you to do this. Sit back in the next meeting um, or workshop and listen to the language. Yeah. And um, and and um Identify all the Identify, isms. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get in trouble saying this, but I used to work in a corporation that um, had um, some great characters and fun people. Um, and we used to play, and I'll leave the, fir- leave the names out, but we used to play bingo in um, in some of our meetings, um, PCGs and workshops, because we would know that certain people would use certain phrases and they would have a consistent level of 20 phrases. And, and there's... Just to keep the meetings just to keep interesting. the meetings interesting, you'd be you'd, playing bingo. And, <laughs> and all that is is a reflection that there's a language in our culture um, that starts to build. Um, uh, in, in that same organisation, we had a, a CEO who, um, who was really... And this wasn't even part of our... It um, wasn't part of our corporate DNA or value sets or anything, but... Um, we, we were in a development organisation that had engineers and urban designers and architects and salespeople and marketers and finance people all around a table designing and developing precincts and, and communities. And so in that mix of people, there's a, there's a, lot, of, um, a lot of personalities. There's a lot mm. of A types, B types, C types. There's a lot of soft people, hard people, people that see things in black and whites, people that see things in colour. People that are just focused on the numbers in the short term. People that are focused on the big ideas, and so it's easy for conflict to appear as you as you fight for what you want in the product outcome. Mm-hmm. And and so he put this um, this great phrase into the business, um, where he said, "We must as a as a business, as an organisation, we must argue gracefully." And that's always stuck with me because he said, you must die in a ditch around the boardroom table to fight for what you believe is right, but you must walk out of that boardroom as friends and colleagues. And the way we're going to do that is we're going to argue gracefully. And he injected some language into the business, Um, you know, big, hairy, bulldog corporate business that said, argue the hell out of what's right, Mm -hmm. but then have this measure of grace in it so that, so that you play, you play the the ball, not the man. Do
0: you remember we did that once, you and I? Did we? We we had a bit of a <laughs> we have a bit of a disagreement back. It was decades ago. <laughs> All right, you better. It tell me. have been you know, And then and then you're like, why don't you just you need to come over and we'll just sit down, and we'll have a whiskey, and we'll <laughs> we'll argue gracefully. And did I say that? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. We, we um, well, you know, it was around those lines, and we yep. we chinked glasses and we we had a couple of whiskeys and we we had it out and we we're still friends <laughs> <laughs> well, there
1: you go so clearly that leadership um, was we are modeling into- <laughs> we are modeling the culture <laughs> <laughs> um 20 years later Yeah. Um, and um but I think I think if you're listening you you're probably starting to get the idea here that language as leaders language can shape um those behaviors and so um, that particular ceo um uh, a guy called rod Fering, actually i think he's now the chairman of of australand here in australia um, a development organization he put in a beautiful um, but powerful um, phrase in the language of the organization mm. that shifted the culture forward to a mm. place where commercial outcomes were met and positive cultural outcomes were met and And I've always thought, oh, that was that was a genius move. Yeah, Um, great. So that's a good example of language. Um, uh, And if we look at, you know, we go back up to those national um, levels. um, uh, You know, you compare an Australian to an American, um, an American to an English person, um, an English person to a French person. um, uh, We we an Australian person to a New Zealander, um, uh, where. We're all talking different languages and phrases that are building our culture, and we have different intonations on those things. Mm. Um, Americans are um, careful, <laughs> are our friends, um, uh, but very strong, bulldog, loud. Um, uh, which you know, kind of fits because it was the strong, bulldog, loud. Um, independent Puritans that left England <laughs> in the, what, 15, 1600s to go and seek that new land um, and left the polite, conforming um, uh, people behind. And so what's ended up is a big, loud, vibrant culture and still the um, uh, quiet, conforming, proper culture um but both came out of the English culture. There's um, there's some great books written on that and articles written on on how the early culture of those people, particularly coming out of places, I think places like Yorkshire and, you know, dogged kind of like bulldog kind of cultures, were the people that went to the Americas in search of that great land. And, and so what do you think happens? Well, you know, 400 years later and 300 million people later – those core traits in their language and, and personality still exist. Um, so uh, we're just talking language, man. I talk <laughs> yeah, we, so should, we, language. <laughs> we, we should actually
0: move on. We should move on. Yeah. Um, you, what do you want to talk about, stories or symbols?
1: Oh, let, let's, let's, go with, um, let, let's go with symbols. Yeah. Um, I mean, symbols are the, are the easy ones at a national level. You know, what mm. do we have? At a national mm. level, what kind of symbols do we, we have,
0: have? We have flags. We have coat of arms. We have uh, anthems.
1: That's right. Yeah, they're all symbols. Um, mm-hmm. And symbols aren't always just graphical devices we in have, an organisation.
0: We have uh, Vegemite also. That's
1: right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so not, not all countries have spreads. <laughs> <laughs> um, Australia is a special place. Um, yeah. Uh, that's right. Symbols. Um, flags, coat of arms. Uh, animals. Animals. But we also have symbols um, uh, that c- that can be the way we might do something. Mm. Um, so, um, you know in Australia, um, uh, a symbol is very of mateship, of mm. you know, a helping hand speaks deeply to the, the Australian culture mm-hmm. um, be- because we're mates. Um, mm. We're the underdogs. We're the we're the Convicts um, kicked out <laughs> to the bottom end of the earth um, uh, With, a, with a, the the people that have And, and I'm, I'm just kind of emphasising um, mm. to, to make a point So symbols can be all those things That start to um, represent the thoughts and ideas behind And we, we stand behind them Songs mm. um, You know, the unofficial national anthem of Australia I still call Australia home um, You know, a Broadway song Um and, and you can do the same in England and America and France and Denmark and New Zealand. And, um, so these symbols are symbols we build. Um, but symbols um, can also be actions. Um, my, my father, my old man, was a, um, a school principal mm-hmm. and um, uh, you know, uh, all his life, teacher and school principal. And I remember him talking about changing the culture in a school to be one that was more caring, that had more pride, that had more um, love for um, your fellow person and community. And he said probably the most important thing we ever did to shift a culture in a school that was struggling with that was we implemented a symbol, a phrase, so it's a bit of language and a bit of symbol here. Knowing we your talk-
0: data would probably be Latin.
1: That's right. Am I right? No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he instituted a really simple symbol, um, uh, which was a behaviour, where he said, um, we, the school was called a manual. Um, At a manual, we never walk past um, rubbish. We we never leave a place dirtier um, than the way we found it. Mm. Um, And... And he said that one thing, never walk past a piece of rubbish. That phrase, that symbol, when teachers would walk past a piece of rubbish, they'd bend down and pick it up. And if they didn't, um, another teacher would call them out. Um, when students walked past a piece of rubbish, they'd bend down, and pick it up. Um, uh, and that one act started to spread. Um, and that one act shaped the culture. Um, because the picking up of the rubbish was just a symbol it symbolized we care about the land we're standing on the people around us and 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 our school and that changed something in the psyche and the mindset of the children and the teachers and the culture changed at all from just not walking past a piece of rubbish that's a good example of a symbol does that make sense
0: yeah, really good. I was actually, I was actually just um, googling "pick up your rubbish." What it would be in Latin?
1: <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to text him later. Okay, well, <laughs> um, what are we up to? We've done. <laughs> we're we're, we've done up, we're up to stories. <laughs> we're okay. up the stories. Stories. Yeah. Um, so stories again um, shape culture so well, um, yep. uh, and <clears throat> at that national level, um, here in Australia, there are certain stories that shape our culture. Um, the Anzac story um, for non-Anzacians listening—that means Australians and New Zealanders—in mm-hmm. um, World War One there was a great battle that was um, fought on the on at Gallipoli on the shores of Turkey, where the English sent in the Australians and the New Zealanders into a complete massacre. Um, it was a it was a disaster, um, but uh, in that battle, um, the Anzac spirit was born. Mm-hmm. <coughs> where Australians and New Zealanders, the Australian and New Zealand Army Corps, ANZAC, Australian and New Zealand Army Corps, Mm. um, fought against um, the Turkish in World War I. There was immense mateship, immense courage under immense um, uh, loss of life and destruction. Um, And whilst it was a lost battle, it framed the courage and the respect and the integrity. And to this day, mm. our, our two countries, Australia and New Zealand, are unified under that ANZAC spirit. Mm. And, um, and it drives us. We have a public holiday. Um, uh, um, families um, back home in Australia and New Zealand were making biscuits and sending them across in tins to men at the front and the type of biscuit they made was a an oatmeal biscuit with syrup and sugar that was nourishing and fulfilling and would last the journey to the front.
0: It's the ultimate dunking biscuit.
1: Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. To this day in Australia, we call that an Anzac biscuit um, yeah. and and in, and in New Zealand. And and so the Anzac story is a story rich in Australia and New Zealand that defines our culture, our mateship. Um and and in america you, you you independence day um columbus day um uh in 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 england um thousands of years of history you, you can pick your culture there are days there are there are um stories um that you tell um yeah. the founding fathers the constitution stories um the the stories of of the west um so i think you're getting the picture and in organizations we have those stories sometimes it's it's that moment when we won in the market when we created the product um, uh, it's when we at all odds survived um, it's it's the it's the great stories of survival and of accomplishment of adversity um, that come through and sometimes it's the stories that that an individual have done, sometimes as a team. Um, and they're the stories we tell that remind new people of who we are and where we've come from. Is it um, the
0: CEO's responsibility to develop those stories?
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, not just the CEO, but if the CEO is not doing it, really nobody else is. Yep. Um, and so you must lead that from the front. You must be a storyteller. Um, uh have a client and um, we should get him on the podcast at some point um works in um works in health and particularly mental health um and uh he he would tell stories um so i' take a step back um he was really struggling to articulate a vision for his business and his organization um and um months on end, this would go on really struggling to nail it and i just remember one Thursday or Friday afternoon, working with him in his in his office, and I was like, oh, "Let's just forget about this for a moment. Just tell me about your customers. Let's just talk. Mm. What are some stories of change?" And as he started to tell some stories of of his customers and the customer's story, um, the light bulb came on for him around what his vision was and mm. where this business could go. And and I was like, that's it. You don't you don't need fancy vision statements and this or that you just need to tell those stories and 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 if you're listening to this um you can convey more in one story that lasts two or three minutes than you could ever put in a 52 page policy document yep and if you get that right um then you will shape the culture and so i challenge you to think about the stories that shape your culture um, okay where, where are we up to we should we're keep moving. To, yeah we're up to currency Currency, okay. Well, currency. I want to define currency um, uh, because, at a national context, currency is easy. You know, it's 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 the Aussie dollar, the American dollar, the English pound, the 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 euro. Um, mm. uh, but um, I want you to def- I want you to think about currency as the way we get things done. Mm. What's the currency that gets things done? In in a, in a national context, money transacts, things get done. But mm-hmm. in culture. <clears throat> It's not always money. Mm. Um, in Australia, we have what we call the beer economy. Um, mm. <laughs> you know, a yeah. case of beer can get an awful lot of things done. Yeah. Um, uh, it's the beer economy. Um, and, and so you have to ask yourself that question, um, what gets things done yep. in our organisation? And if what gets things done in your organisation is, you know, the email or the text or the phone call from the boss – then, yeah, you've got a problem. Hmm. Um, that's not good currency. Um, and so what gets things done? How do we achieve things? And so that's currency. And there can be multiple forms of currency. Um, and so so think about would, that.
0: Would, would this be akin to basically saying how do, how does our staff and employees feel valued? Is that, is it that, could. Is that yeah, the
1: question? Yeah, you could. But I'm really, I'm really asking the question here, um, how do we get something done? Um, how do we achieve outcomes? Mm. Um, so a, a currency in a national context, I, I, I put $500,000 down, I get a house, or I used mm. to. Um, uh, like that gets the job done. Um, how do we get the job done? Um, you know, do, do people have to come in um, waving baseball bats and ranting and raving to get things done? Well, that's, that's probably not good culture. Um, how do we get things done? And, and so if you answer that question, honestly, it's, it's not about valuing staff or employees. It's about how do we achieve, mm-hmm. um, because as an organization, if we can't get things done, then we don't deserve a seat at the table.
0: My, my point there would be that if I feel valued, then I will get things done.
1: Perhaps. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's right. So, um, part of getting things done may require you to feel valued. I'm a valued member of the team. Yeah. Absolutely. So so getting things done might be actually decentralisation, empowerment, equipping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, Craig, I value you. Mm-hmm. Um, this thing needs to get done. How are you going to do it? What do you need from me to get it done? Mm-hmm. That's a very different um, way of getting things done to, hey, Craig, you're responsible for this outcome. Mate, it was due last week. Get this thing done um, <laughs> and, and get it done yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, that's two very different cultures, yep. um, what's your culture? Um, how do you get things done is the question I'm asking there. So the, the, the task here, and I want to bring this to a close because um, we're running out of time rapidly, mm. the, the lens we're looking through is a lens of language, symbols, stories, and currency. Language, yep. what do we say, how do we say it? Um, uh, symbols, um, how do we depict the thoughts and ideas and the behaviours? Um, stories, what stories do we tell? um currency how do we get things done and you've got to ask the question you've got to go today what does our culture what does our organization's (coughs) culture look like through that lens
0: yeah and then we can move on
1: should the ultimate yeah lens look like okay what should we start what should we stop what should we continue and write some goals have a goal to go, we should stop this behaviour, we should stop this symbol, we should stop this language mm-hmm. and put it in Waymaker, write a goal. <laughs> mm. Define the goal, define the outcomes and objectively determine if you've met it or not. Um, and that is how you shape and change culture.
0: Stu, in your experience, which column is usually the, f- the biggest when, <laughs> the, when you do this review? Oh, the start, stop, The continue. start, stop, continue.
1: It, everybody finds it easy... A big negative. Um, yep. So the stop column, you know, often is the easiest thing. Oh, we've got to stop doing that. Got to yeah, stop yeah, turning yeah. up late for meetings. Got to stop doing this. Got to yeah. stop saying that. Um, <clears throat> actually, what's hard is the start hmm. um, column. What should we start? Because that really requires some strategic thinking. You've got to step back and go. Well, we've got to start telling stories. What stories? Okay, guys. Um, yeah. Over the last five years of this company. What are the good stories? Okay, let's put them down. Let's Mm. document them. Um, Let's tell them. Hey, do you know, hey, dear CSO, CXO, CFO, general manager here, manager there, team leader, supervisor, do you actually know the story of how this company started? Oh, no, I have no idea. Let me tell you Mm. Um, because that speaks to the character of who we are today. Do you know the story of how we won and beat blah, blah, blah? I actually know I don't. Okay, we well have got to learn how to tell that story. Mm. So actually being practical and going, here's how we tell the story, here's how I tell it," um, is a part of teaching your team to build that culture. Because over time, here's what will happen. They'll develop their own stories. Yep. They'll tell their own stories. Yep. Some of those stories will be good for your culture and some of those will be not good for yep. your culture. Um, so yes, there's an element of shaping, um, and going, yeah, that sits in our, in our, um, uh, in our bucket of, of culture. Um, uh, okay. We we really should stop there, shouldn't we? No, that's
0: good. So Stu, this framework, um, you can actually, like people can actually jump on Waymaker.io and get -hmm. from the Waymaker Academy, like now. That's right. And start using it straight away with your clients, with your organisation, And that will actually be a framework that will help you articulate um, your goals and build better culture. um, Amen. Ultimately. So uh, if you haven't already done that, jump on Waymaker.io, sign up, go to the Waymaker Academy. You'll find it under Culture Shapers. Mm -hmm. You will. And uh, Stu- as always sorry we went a bit over time this uh this episode but as always it's always great to chat to you about all things leadership and um yeah next time let's talk more about how to achieve more by doing less